It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. It's a process, right? You're at the beginning half of the training camp where you're just working against yourself. You transition to joint practices. It gets you a little bit closer. Now we're getting ready for the last preseason game, uh, another chance to compete, and the regular season starts, right? That's what we've been building towards. That's what we're uh, working towards. And personally, I'm a big believer in routine, so I'm just ready to get my in-season routine started and uh, yeah, play against some teams in a different color when it counts. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Here's your boy Q. Q. And here we go. You just heard Raiders fullback Jakob Johnson right there. That was from yesterday when the players met with the media at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. And, of course, GM Dave Ziegler and assistant GM Champ Kelly met with the media just a little while ago. Matter of fact, I think that's still going on right now. We'll get some sounds from that throughout the course of the show. My man Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, and I am not in Studio Q. I am not in the home studio today. I'm actually at the Circa. That's right, Circus Sports, Circus Casino, and Hotel. Uh, we are here hanging out. We are uh, in the Galaxy 3 room right now, and we are going to have a good time. And matter of fact, all weekend long, there's a lot of good stuff going on here at the uh, Circa, and you need to come on by and hang out. And you can, matter of fact, get in free all weekend long. they got the Circa Million Five uh, contest going on. They've got the Circa Survivor competition going on. And earlier today, we had the morning tailgate here, and they were able to kind of break everything in. That was Clay Baker, Lindsey Brown, and Vinny Bonsignor. And so they got things started here at the Circa, and I'm going to close things out uh, on this day in the next three hours here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So I'll tell you about everything that they have going on here at Circa in just a little bit, but very excited about the, the show that we have lined up for you each and every day. Uh, always come in with a lot of really good guests. we got a lot of good conversation to have. Of course, we'll throw some topics out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R, and the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. But, yeah, it's, it's funny, man. It's it's really cool, Ari, being you know out of the studio and also out of Studio Q and actually being out and about. And Circa is one of the best places in town. Matter of fact, the best place in town uh, to watch sports. They have, of course, the Circa Swim. Uh, they have all the big – uh, all the big monitors to watch all the sporting events. And I walked in this place and I thought about it. It's funny. I walked in probably about 45 minutes ago and just started walking around Circa. And I thought, should I go do a radio show or should I just hang out and have a good time the rest of this afternoon and kick off my weekend a little early? I know it's only Thursday, but I thought, you know what? I tell people all the time that work's overrated. So I might as well just say, yeah, maybe I shouldn't go and actually do the job today. Maybe I should just walk around, you know, observe whatever games are going on and uh, with Sp- Circa Sports and uh, get involved in this competition, Circa Million Five and Circa Survivor. And there's a lot of money out there, $14 million in guaranteed prizes. That's a whole lot of dinero. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I'll tell you all about that uh, throughout the course of the show. But just please believe we are here. And if you're out and about and if you're riding around Las Vegas, come on, come on by. You can come in. You walk in, hang out. You can uh, check us out. We're out here on Radio Row and, like I said, Galaxy 3 Room. And, you know, there's not a whole lot going on, but you can just come in, get signed up for these competitions and, and hang out for a little while. And who knows, do like I was, I was thinking about doing, getting the weekend kicked off a little bit early on this Thursday. But coming up on the show today, as like I said, excited about the guests that we have coming up each and every day. Definitely get fired up about the guests. Coming up at 2.30, Vinny Bonsignor from the RJ and the Morning Tailgate here on Radio Nation Radio 920. He'll join us to kind of recap everything that was going on uh, at the practice facility as uh, Dave Ziegler and Champ Kelly both spoke with the media today. And of course, the, the cut downs are coming up next week. Next Tuesday, the roster's got to be trimmed down to 53 men. So uh, Dave Ziegler and Champ Kelly were having that conversation, just kind of going through the, the team build 
building process with the media. And as I mentioned, I think it's still going on, but uh, we should have Vinny Bonsignor just around 2.30. So basically, as soon as that thing gets wrapped up, he's going to hop on and kind of give us a little bit of feedback on what he was hearing from uh, the assistant GM and the GM, both Champ Kelly and Dave Ziegler. Coming up at 3 o'clock. Haley Sutton, she's the host and reporter for the Dallas Cowboys. She does a really good job. She's actually been on the show before uh, when she was working covering the Miami Dolphins. Now she's in Big D covering the Dallas Cowboys, and it's kind of a homecoming from her. She's originally from the area, so I know that that's something she's excited about. Similar to me, you know, similar to me being able to be a guy that was in Texas covering the Cowboys and, and many other different teams, and then all of a sudden being able to come back to the West Coast and cover the Raiders. Obviously grew up a, a Raider fan, as everyone knows, so it's, it's pretty special when you get that opportunity. So Haley Sutton will join us at 3 o'clock and just kind of give us a preview of what's going on with the Dallas Cowboys. They've had a ton of injuries. They've got like three rookies that have gone down with torn ACLs in the past like five days. So that's the one part of training camp and preseason that everyone hates is the injuries. Speaking of injuries, Jerry Judy left practice earlier today for the Denver Broncos. Of course, the Broncos are the week one uh, team that that, uh, the Raiders will be facing as they'll be in Denver taking on the Broncos. And it looks like he's going to be out about seven weeks. So uh, that's not good. That was uh, looked like a, maybe a hamstring injury, and, of course, there'll be other reports, but it doesn't look good for Jerry Judy. And, again, I hate that for any player. I don't care what team they're on. hate to see these guys get injured in training camp. I hate to see these guys get injured in preseason. So we'll continue to monitor that story coming out of Denver. But, uh, yeah, the Cowboys, they've been hit with their own uh, – man, they've been hit with, like, just a ton of injuries. So we'll talk to Haley Sutton coming up at 3 o'clock about, you know, those injuries, how they impact the team, what she expects from the team as Mike McCarthy is now calling the plays. He's not only the head coach, but he's the, the offensive coordinator as well for the most part, right? Everything he did in Green Bay, he called all the plays. Now he's going to be calling the plays as Kellen Moore is in L.A. with the Chargers. So I think that Mike McCarthy's on the hot seat. I, bet, I feel like he's got to get it done this year, and he figures, hey, you know what, I'm going to call the shots. If I'm going to, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out on my own terms. So now we'll talk all things Cowboys and what Haley expects to see from this final preseason game coming up on Saturday. Of course, that game will be played in Arlington, Raiders and Cowboys. So Haley Sutton joins us at 3 o'clock. 3.30, we'll keep it going. Tyler Dragon, USA Today, good friend of the show. He'll join us to talk all things NFL. We'll talk a bunch of different storylines that are going on in the NFL. We'll talk about Trey Lance and if there's a potential of him being traded somewhere, if there's a location that Tyler's looking at that he thinks is a good spot, or does he just stay in San Francisco? How about Jonathan Taylor, the situation going on with him in Indianapolis? Does he find a, a, a location where he can land before Tuesday? Does he come off the pub list? Or is a team going to trade for him and then he'd be on the pub list too and ends up missing the first four games of the season? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but uh, we know how it goes in the NFL, so sometimes everything doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So every every different uh, storyline going on in the NFL right now as teams are starting to uh, look at their roster and try to put it together and, and trim everything up. We'll talk with Tyler Dragon coming up at 3.30 again from USA Today. Covers all things NFL. And then, as mentioned, we're here at Circus Sports. So Derek Stevens, he's going to join us, and uh, he's going to talk about what's going on this weekend and why you should get signed up, how you can get signed up, and all this good stuff, right? Everything that's going on here, the celebrations that are going on. There's an open bar here later. There's an open bar. Like, I get off the air at 5, right? I was trying to weigh my options here, right? I've never found an open bar that I didn't like. <laughs> For the obvious reasons, it's an open bar. But, uh, yeah, that's going to happen, I think, around 6 o'clock this evening. Get off the air at 5, give or take a you know, conversation, a lie, and a handshake or two. I might be right on time. I'm just saying. 
So there's a lot going on here. So Derek Stevens will join us at 4 o'clock to talk about all the events going on here at Circa. And then we got Reason or Excuse coming up at 4.30. My man Ari will take over the wheels of steel and uh, hit us with some subjects, and we'll decide if it's Reason or Excuse. And, of course, throughout the course of the show, we want to hear from you as well at uh, 702-365-9200. And the don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R-N-R. So as you know, we got a lot coming up on the show. Vinny Bonsignor at 2.30, Haley Sutton at 3, Tyler Dragon at 3.30, and Derek Stevens at 4. Uh, plus, we want to hear from you, Raider Nation, so definitely – Get ready to chime in. Again, 702-365-9200 and 69187, keyword r and r the don'tbebroke.com text line. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. So we talked on yesterday, Sean, we were talking about guys that may need to show out a little something for this third and final preseason game, guys that you may look at and say, okay, maybe that guy's on the roster bubble. So now I want to kind of focus our attention, shift our attention to rookies, the rookies that you are excited about. And I really want to get specific, and i got a couple different subjects that I want to bring to the table. But the first one, what rookie, you know the rookie class, right? We've gone through the rookie class. We've, you know, broke them down, dissected them. Every single way you can look at it, we've talked about them. What rookie do you believe will give the Raiders the most production this season? Again, that's the key word right there, production. Who do you think out of the rookie class, and if you want to um, put undrafted free agents in there, that's fine because they're rookies. If they're rookies, let me know who it is. Who is the one that you believe is going to give the most production? You can't give me two because that wouldn't be the most production. That would be production, but who is the one that you think is going to give the most production is the is the answer that I'm looking for. So definitely hit us up at that, 69187, keyword R&R. And then I saw this article by Vic Tafer, and, of course, he was just on the show just the other day. He put it out in The Athletic, and he had teased it on the show, and so I wanted to make sure I paid attention to what it was, and he was talking about the Raiders and their defensive line. As a matter of fact, his piece on The Athletic is defensive line could be the key to the Raiders' season, an inside look at how they practice. And it was really cool. He went through stretching. He went through, like, he had, a, 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 like, a timeline, right? At, at 105, they did this. At 125, they did this. At 135, they did it was It was a really cool article, so you definitely got to go check it out on The Athletic. Again, defensive line could be the key to the Raiders' season. But it got me thinking. Do you believe the success or the failures of the Raiders defensive line will be the key to the Raiders season like Vic suggested in his piece? And if not, if you don't believe it's a D-line, then who? Who do you think the success or the failures of the Raiders in 2023, what position group do you think that it could rest on? I like Vic's thoughts where he said defensive line could be the key to the Raiders season. The, the, the uh, team obviously is being built from the inside out. You know, we just heard from Dave Ziegler and, and Champ Kelly, and obviously they went out and made a, a big push to increase their pressure that they get on quarterbacks from the defensive line. Uh, they also uh, addressed the offensive line with a couple undrafted free agents. They went out and got some guys in, uh, in, in our undrafted, yeah, undrafted free agents. They went out in free agency and also brought in a couple guys to, to provide some competition along the offensive line. But clearly they have a philosophy of, inside out you know having that defensive line pressure and it makes everyone else's job better and easier which I don't disagree with right I mean of course there's some definitely some some corners that I saw in the draft that I thought okay maybe the Raiders should go get that one they ended up going and getting Ja'Cory and Bennett in the fourth round right and so if you sign up for the philosophy that it's got to start up front with the pressure which obviously the Raiders do then Vic could be onto something when he says that you know the success of the team could lie on the defensive line if you think that Chandler Jones steps up and plays better than he did last year and you think that Tyree Wilson at some point is going to really get some, some good 
some good uh, you know, reps out there on the grass. I think they're going to bring him along slowly, but at some point you would expect him to really get out there and get after it, right? So maybe all of a sudden you're looking at a three-headed monster between Max, Tyree, and Chandler Jones. I'm not saying they're going to be on the field together all the times, but they could be on the field together some of the time, and maybe that helps provide a little bit more pressure on, this, uh, on, this, on the opposing team and especially on the attempt to get to the quarterback. So uh, interesting, like I said, interesting article from Vic. Defensive line could be the key to the Raiders' season, an inside look at how they practice. Of course, that whole defensive line is led by Max Crosby. Hell, the defense is led by Max Crosby, but there's veterans on uh, on each level that are also going to help out that position group, like a Marcus Peters for the secondary, like a Marcus Epps for the safeties, you know, like a Robert Spillane for the, uh, for the linebackers. So Max Crosby is the lead dog for the defensive line, and then the other guys all fall into place. But do you believe the success or the failures of the D-line could be the key to the Raiders' season? If not, then who? Who do you think it would be? Again, 69187, keyword R&R. That's to text line. You can always give us a call, 702-365-9200. Remember, we have uh, Vinny Bonsignor coming up around 2.30 to kind of give us a recap of what he heard from GM Dave Ziegler and also assistant GM Champ Kelly. But let's go out to the phone lines real quick and talk to our good friend, Shields. Up, Welcome to Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind? How's it going, Q? Good, good. How are you? Good, bro. Uh, I'll be quick. Trey Tucker. Um, he's going to have the most production because, number one, he can return punts and okay. he can catch passes for rack yards. And that's it. Thank you for taking my call, man, and shields up. Hey, good stuff, man. Hey, short and sweet. I like that. Trey Tucker. You know, and, and man, I like I, – I love his speed, obviously, right? We all know about the speed and how that can impact the Raiders' offense. Uh, and, and and if he can be get that guy, like you mentioned, in the kick return game, and I do think – from what I saw from DeAndre Carter on Saturday against the Rams, I think he's going to have something to say about that as well. But if you can get Trey Tucker comfortable in that role, also if you can get him comfortable with catching the ball and, and not catching the ball with his body but catching the ball with his hands, he could be a very valuable piece to this Raiders offense. And it's not something that you know you just know, okay, he's a wide receiver and this, he's got to catch these kind of passes or he's got to always take the, take the top off the defense. I mean, there's so many different things you could do. When you possess the kind of speed – that Trey Tucker has, there's so many different things that Josh McDaniels could dial up. And, and like you said, uh, Shields up, he also in the kick return game. I would love to see, this is on my wish list. <laughs> it's one of the many things that's been on my wish list for the Raiders for a very long time. I would love to see them have one of those guys as a kick returner and a punt returner who's a real threat, right? I'd love to see an uh, opposing team go back to punt, and, so, and, and one of the announcers on the broadcast says, you better keep the ball away from that guy. <laughs> right? I mean, we, we hear it all the time, don't we? Don't we always hear, don't kick the ball to that guy. Oh, don't, hey, you better not kick it to him because he can, he, can, he can hurt you. He can take it to the house. I would love to see the Raiders have a dude like that. When was the last time? And think about it. I mean, seriously, think about it. When was the last time they had a guy that other teams were really concerned that he was going to take it to the house? If I wait, I won't say anything until 5 o'clock because I don't think there's been one since maybe, what, Tim Brown? Was Tim Brown the last one that was a real threat to take it to the house for as far as punt return goes? I mean, I know they brought guys in. I know they brought Cordell Patterson in back in the day. I get it. He was all right. I know they brought uh, uh, Desmond Howard in after coming off the MVP for the Green Bay Packers. He was all right, <laughs> right? I mean, how many eyes do you want me to give you? I can give you a lot, right? Guys that were supposed to be that dude and weren't that guy. Dwayne Harris, he was cool for one play. He took that one. 99 yards, that, that, uh, that, that punt by the Broncos at the Coliseum, that was awesome. One play. So he goes in the category of he was all right. 
Seriously, think about it. And, and if I'm missing somebody, please correct me. I mean, Jacoby Ford, I know he took it to the house. He was a threat. He was a threat for the kickoff return. Not necessarily punt return, but kick return. He was definitely a threat. He was the last guy that took one to the house on a kick return. And that was many, many moons ago. We talk, we joke with him on this show about that. <laughs> right? That's, that's a major element. If one of those guys between DeAndre Carter and Trey Tucker could really step up and be that dude where they change the – the field position, I think Hunter's done a good job. Let, let me not get it twisted. I think Hunter's done a good job of what he's been asked to do. And there's a couple times where he was close to breaking a couple punt returns. One was called back on some phantom holding call or whatever it was. It was a terrible call, and that actually should have been a touchdown. But still, the fact that I remember that play lets you know that there wasn't enough of those plays, <laughs> right? I mean, I, I want to be able to forget some of them because there's so many of them. They just haven't had that element. They haven't had that guy that can break that big play and is that threat. Like, remember when the Eagles had Deshaun Jackson? Anytime you saw D-Jax back there, you're like, well, this, this dude could take it to the house. I, I could not tell you the last time the Raiders had a guy that, that you could say that about. Oh, man, he, he, he gets his hands on the ball. He's, go, he's going to the house. You better not kick it to him. The Raiders have played against those guys, <laughs> right? They've had punters that luckily their, their punters have been really good, and the Raiders have had a good – Nice run of really good punters, and they have an exceptional punter right now in A.J. Cole. So I feel like he punts so well that you don't really have to worry about a guy taking it to the house just because he's going to keep it up there so long, give the, the, the kick coverage team an opportunity to get down there. But I would just love to see that threat. Mailman Raider, Raider hit us up on the WBroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Q, I'm going to say Jacorian. He'll get the most production. The only way he doesn't is if the kid turns into a star and shuts down the side, then he won't get much production because he won't be getting targeted, which I guess would be the best kind of production, LOL. That's Mailman Raider. Yeah, and I do think I, – I like how you're thinking. Thank you for that text. That's cool. Um, I, I do think that he's going to get a lot of targets early because they are going to test him, right? Now, if he all of a sudden steps up and, and, and plays really well, then maybe it slows down just a little bit. But, yeah, I think that especially his rookie year, he's definitely going to get targeted. You know, and I think that they're going to target Marcus Peters, too, because they know that, yeah, he's a threat to take the ball the other way, but he's also a gambler, and there's going to be an opportunity to burn him at times. So, you know, I, I think that there's not going to be a lack of targets from, from other teams, and they're definitely going to test the rookie, as they should, right? I mean, you're supposed to test the rookie. There's two, there's two guys in the secondary that you're always supposed to test, the rookie and the guy that just came off the bench, <laughs> right? When a guy goes out. When a guy goes out and you bring in some new dude off the bench, he's immediately – I mean, that the play caller should just have a target, an X above his head, like, yeah, the ball's going right to him. I don't care if he's guarding Q, the ball's going there, right? That's, I mean, that should be a no-brainer. That, 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 those are the two guys in the secondary that should always be targeted. Got a text here from the 816, Desmond Howard, Michael and Casey. Yeah, I said Desmond Howard, but he didn't do anything. He did, oh, this is a good one. Michael Rocket Ishmael. That was a good one. But think how long ago that was. That's, the, that's my point, right? I mean, we're talking about Desmond Howard. Most people know Desmond Howard from seeing him on ESPN and doing, uh, doing college, college game day. Like, that's what most people know Desmond Howard for now. And, and winning the Heisman Trophy in Michigan, most people forgot about his NFL career, to be honest, because it was pretty forgettable until he got to Green Bay. And then he won a Super Bowl, and he was the MVP because he was so dynamic in, in returning the ball. And who, who signed him? The Raiders. And you know what he did? A whole lot of nothing. A whole lot of nothing. But the fact that we're talking about Desmond Howard and Rocket Ishmael tells you all you need to know. That, that plays up to my point 100%. I like that. 
Jordan, Utah County said, Q, I believe Tyree Wilson will have the most production out of the rookie class. I think he can come in and get anywhere from five to eight sacks and be a positive run defender. I absolutely believe the defensive line will be what makes or breaks the Raiders' season. A really good pass rush could take take uh, take them very far defensively and cover up a lot of holes on the back end of the defense. Cool. That's, that's good. Jordan, great breakdown. Great breakdown. I'm a little bullish on Tyree Wilson having the most production because, like I said at the top, I think that they're going to bring him along slowly. I don't think that the plan is to try to rush him out there and make sure that, you know, he's, he's the guy that's featured all the time just because they want to make sure that they have him for the long haul, not just the, you know, the short time being. They want to make sure that he is the dude for, you know, years to come. At some point, he's going to end up taking over for Chandler Jones, and he will be the full-time guy. But I think that they're going to kind of work him in slowly at, at first. But you know what? Just because they work him in slowly doesn't mean he can't get production. Right, I mean, we saw Malcolm Coates a couple years ago, his rookie year, get, what, three or four sacks immediately? And he didn't have hardly any snaps. So, I mean, I'm not saying that that can't happen, but, you know, he'll also be measured in more than, like you said, sacks. He'll be also stopping the run. You know, how much pressures can he get? How can he help Max Crosby? That's what the biggest thing is. We've all been talking about for the longest, Max just needs some help. So who's going to step up and help Max? If Tyree could be that guy, that can kind of go down like, Mailman Raider said that that's good for production too. It might not go on the stat sheet, but it's production that you can see. Uh, let's see. Uh, Vegas Pete said, "Guess how many punt returns for touchdowns uh, Tim Brown had? Only three punt returners. Uh, only three. The punt return mostly needs to not fumble. Yeah, that's true. But what fun is that? <laughs> I mean, you want that guy that can that can change the field position." I mean, that, that's the point. That, that's what I'm saying is that, yeah, you don't want the guy to fumble. I get that. Fair catch. I know Timmy, even at a, at, at a, late in his career, he would go back there and, and, and fair catch it. That's awesome. Don't get me wrong, but you also want to get some positive yards. You want to put up your team in, in a good field position. And there's plenty of punt returners that have done that, that are massive threats every time they're out there. So, yeah, I mean, you want to have the safe guy, but what fun is that? You know what I mean? Pick up some yardage. Do something, like I tell everyone when I'm joking around with them, do something good for your country, man. Do something good for your team. Get them some yards. <laughs> Vegas Pete, I appreciate you. Thanks for that. Good stuff. Uh, what else we got? Uh, DC Raider from the base that I believe Ja'Korian Bennett will give the Raiders the most help out of the draft class. My sleeper pick would be Trey Tucker, LOL. I also believe that it's up to the D-line for any team's defense to be good. Okay, there you go. That's a good one right there. And, and again, you know, I, it's so funny going back to the draft process and when we were ca- talking about who the Raiders should get at number seven, who they should get in the second round. Like, there's always good conversation. And, you know, I'm always going to lean towards defensive backs because I say DBs win games. And there were some really good ones, you know, like Christian Gonzalez. Uh, we talked about uh, plenty of the different defensive backs. I talked about Emmanuel Forbes, who I think went a lot higher than most people thought. I picked out a lot of different, uh, you know, different DBs that I thought would be good. And a lot of people called in and said, no, Q, you got to – you got to get the pressure at the quarterback. And I was like, right, I get that. I agree with that. But you also have some dudes that can make some plays. And the thing I like about Ja'Korian Bennett, kind of using him with the defensive line, is that he's also a guy that has production. He is a guy that will look for the ball and get his hands on the ball. That's the thing. Not just a guy that's going to run and try to get his hand up and maybe break up a pass, maybe get in the way of somebody, but he's also going to be able to get some production, get to turn, turn the ball over. And that's something that's been a key, and that's been th- what they've been talking about all training camp long, all preseason. So far through two games, they've had two interceptions, right? And I don't care how easy they come. Like Isaiah Palomar, his, his interception was easy on Saturday. That's fine. He completed it. 
<laughs> I've seen guys put the ball on the ground. Easy interception should have should have been theirs. And instead of instead of taking it to the house or even just coming up with the ball, they put it on the turf. So I'm good with that. So yeah, the defensive line, uh, since that's the way that they they constructed this this team, great. Just go out there and, and, and make it do what it do. Just go out there and and make the plays and get to the quarterback. Put the pressure on on the the quarterback. Make him rush a pass or two, and that's how turnovers will happen. So I, I'm with that. Uh, Jim from Yonkers said on the Don'tBeBroke.com text line six nine one eight seven keyword R and R safety Chris Smith. This is thinking outside the box. He has a lot of big game experience from Georgia. On another note, I hope Raider Nation is behind me on this. We need to start pushing for Jim Plunkett to get into the Hall of Fame or else it will be too late. He deserves it. Thanks for a great show. That's Jim from Yonkers. And Chris Smith is interesting. And, and I think we've all been talking about Plunkett for quite a while. And, you know, it's a shame that they don't have him in the Hall of Fame. And I think at this point he even stopped campaigning. He's just like, okay, if it happens, it happens. If it don't, it don't. And, and I hate that for him. And I hate that for a lot of guys. I mean, we could have a whole segment just on that. But, uh, yeah, so, so we got you. I think everyone's got your back when it comes to Jim. Uh, Jim Plunkett. But Chris Smith, I'm interested. That's an interesting one because I like that player. And I think that he's going to do some really good things. I'm interested in sh- seeing when he's actually going to get into the mix. That's that's the thing. I don't know when he's actually going to get out there and have enough time to be that guy that, that, that has the most production for the Raiders uh, his rookie year just because I don't expect him to be a starter. I don't expect him to be out there week one against Denver. I mean, he may come in for a play here and play there, but I think for the most part it's going to be Marcus Epps, and you're going to see uh, uh, Trayvon Merrick on, on, on the back end. Right now they might have some you know, three safety looks, and then Chris Smith is out there. But for the most part, I think you're looking at Marcus Epps and you're looking at Trayvon Merrick. So I don't know how much time he'll actually get on the grass to be that productive guy. But similar to what I was saying with Ja'Cory and Bennett, I think that at some point they'll definitely – both of those guys are going are gonna to play a big role on this Raiders defense. I just don't know, and I think Bennett will obviously have a better chance early because he has a good chance to start. As long as he's healthy, he has a really good chance to start this season uh, off in, in Denver. I, I can see Marcus Peters, Nate Hobbs, and, and uh, Ja'Cory and Bennett as the starting corners, right, with Nate Hobbs being in the slot, Peters on one outside, and Ja'Cory and Bennett on the other. I can easily see that happening. But Chris Smith, I'm not sure how much he's actually going to get time on grass, but I'll, I'll be interested to see it because I do think – He's a heck of a player and going to be a heck of a player. And like you said, he's got that experience from Georgia. And he came up with some really some big-time plays there uh, at Georgia and, and on their way to winning back-to-back national championships. So thank you so much for that. We do appreciate you. You can keep that feedback coming. Do you believe the success or failures of the Raiders' defensive line could be the key to the season this year? If not the D-line, then who? And also, what rookie do you believe will give the Raiders the most production this season? 69187 keyword RNR, so don't be broke.com text sign. You can always call us when we don't have a guest, 702 365 9200. Vinny Bossignor, we're expecting to have him next here on Red Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Say something to start. When we practice outside, I expect better body language on the sideline. Some of you guys looked a little tired, you know what I mean? Let's get some hats, get some sunscreen, all right? Rock out. Yeah, I see you right there. We need the freezer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Awesome. Cool box. It's unnecessary roughness. Now. Go Inside the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, sponsored by Dos Caras Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. 
You heard Jakob Johnson. It's like the Jakob Johnson show today. You heard him again, fullback for the silver and black, talking about the energy from the media. Got to have more energy from the media on the sidelines out there at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. Of course, training camp going on, getting wrapped up today. Today was the final day of training camp. Now it's all full throttle, go full speed ahead, getting into the preseason game on Saturday, roster cutdowns on Tuesday, and then it's all preparation for week one against the Denver Broncos. I threw the question out there on the don'tbebroke.com text sign 69187 keyword R&R. What rookie do you believe will give the Raiders the most productions this season? And do you believe the success or the failures of the D-line can be the key to the Raiders' season? If not the D-line, then who? We're expected to have Vinny Bonsignor any second now joining us. And matter of fact, as I say that, Vinny joins us. And Vinny, thanks so much for your time, my man. And first of all, i got to ask you, how was the energy on the sideline today? Did you guys have your energy up or what was going on? Some of us did, uh, but there were there were a lot of people that were lounging over on the uh, over on the grandstand. I was not one of them um, because uh, you know I was actually with Jakob. I felt like uh, there was a little bit of lagging and some bad some bad body language and demeanor out there yesterday. People were dragging. I wasn't about it. I didn't like it, and so uh, I think something needed to be said. So uh, good for good good for Jakob. Yeah, no, that was cool. I like that. It's Again, all been- fun. Yeah, of course, no doubt. But uh, yeah, that that was that was funny when he said that. I could definitely appreciate that. Again, Vinny Boston Yards, our guest here on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. So you heard Dave Ziegler, you heard Champ Kelly. Uh, what was your biggest kind of takeaway from what they had to say as far as trying to put this roster together? They got to get it down to fifty three by next Tuesday. Yeah, and I think Dave said it, uh, and I've kind of been uh, feeling it myself. And I tried to do my fifty three man roster. It's going to be difficult, you know. And um, you know, I think that. Josh McDaniels was talking about the human side of it yesterday and, and how it's always difficult. Uh, and, you know, I think everyone can appreciate that. But from strictly a personnel standpoint, uh, this year compared to years past, and, you know, we've been doing this for a while, so longer, you know, with the Raiders, frankly, than, than Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels have. But I just know in my own time covering this team and doing this, you know, uh, exercise every year, this was by far the most difficult uh, you know, uh, to, to come up with a 53. And it's not because it was hard to come up with 53 good players. It's because there's way more than 53 good players that are on this roster right now. Uh, and some of them aren't going to be on that 53-man roster. I think the Raiders hope uh, that they're able to keep as many of those good players that they're going to have to waive on Tuesday somewhere in the program, you know, uh, as part of that practice squad so that they remain part of this journey. What did you find as the dip, most difficult position group to, to narrow down and, and, you know, find who stays and who goes? Yeah, and uh, I'll say this. There were multiple ones, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think going in to, uh, to training camp, you look at the offensive line and wide receivers, but then as training camp has gone on, it's become the defensive line, the secondary. Without question, cornerback it was way more difficult than I thought it would be going into training camp. Uh, it's definitely the offensive line. Uh, the defensive line, because there's some – it's interesting with the defensive line because you've got some veterans that are on some one-year deals, but you also have some young players uh, that, that, that provide some, some longevity. And maybe, you know, in some cases – and I'm not a personnel guy, so I'm not the one to make the call – but in some cases, maybe the right, right this minute, the veteran is a little bit ahead of the, of the, of the younger player, but that contract becomes uh, a bit, you know, kind of a bigger issue because you're saying, all right um, – we have this player under control for, you know, three more years. And, and with the likelihood that that player is going to get better, uh, do you go, do you decide with that over a veteran who might be slightly better at this point? Now, again, I'm not making that call and saying that that's what they're saying, but I would imagine there's some of those decisions that need to be made. 
I, I asked the question to Josh McDaniels, and he didn't really answer it, and maybe I didn't word it the way that I, I really wanted to, but I was asking about the veterans and the rookies or the young guys, and it seems like that there's a dominant veteran almost in every position on this Raiders team. How important do you think it is that they have that guy like a Marcus Peters in the secondary? They have, you know, uh, Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, obviously, on the defensive line. There's guys that can be Robert Spillane in the linebacker room. Have those kind of veterans to help also with the young guys. I definitely think you're onto something, and uh, I kind of asked along those same lines that question to, to Dave and Champ today about when you look at guys like you know Nate Hobbs, the young secondary, and and being able to to pair them up with a Marcus Peters. Then you go into the safety room, and we talked a lot about you and I about Javon Merrig and his need to to kind of you know take that next step. You know, I'm not there's nothing about effort or anything like that with with Chavon. It's just playing with confidence and it's playing with more assurity. Uh, and just taking that next step as a, in your development and pairing him up with a Marcus Epps. And, you know, by all accounts, those two guys are joined at the hip. That's what you want to hear. If you're a Raider fan, you love to hear that Marcus Epps and Trayvon Merrick uh, are vibing together, Radio, um, not- you know, in the building. Still there? Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, yep. okay. You, you, cut out for, you cut out for a minute, or I cut out for a minute. One of the two happened here. I'm at the circuit like you guys were this morning. Go, go ahead, Vinny. I'm sorry. Yeah, if you're if you're a Raider fan, you just love to hear that Marcus Epps and and Chevon Merrig uh, are kind of joined at the hip. You know that that uh, that Marcus Peters has taken the young cornerbacks under his wing. So so you're right. Every position group that you look at, there's a veteran in there that kind of sets the tone for that room. Uh, and and as Champ uh, and and Dave talked about today, um, that sets a standard that everybody wants to follow. Marcus Peters is going to have pride in the cornerback room. And is going to demand that they that everyone else in that room has that same pride and and tries to live up to that same standard. As will Marcus Epps. As does obviously Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. As does a Colton Miller on the offensive line, and so on and so forth. And I'm not quite sure that you've had that sort of not just leadership but production guys that have that, that are known names in this game and have done it at a high level in this game that can lead each of those rooms. Right, exactly. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here, Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. As I mentioned, we're here at Circa. I wanted to ask about Josh Jacobs. I know that Dave Ziegler said there was nothing new on him, so let's move forward, or we're going to continue to move forward. But what's your gut feeling when it comes to Josh Jacobs? Yeah, um, I I, I would still be surprised if he uh, hasn't signed on the dotted line by the time the Raiders, you know, get on that plane for, for Denver. But my question is, uh, well, number one, I guess I wouldn't be shocked at this point if he wasn't also. Uh, but my question uh, now is, all right, even if he does, what level of Josh Jacobs are they going to be able to rely on uh, in that season opener against the Denver Nuggets? We, we're, we're down another practice today. Uh, they'll practice a couple of times next week on the break, right. um, you know, after making the cuts and whatnot. And then there's three practices before the Broncos, Broncos game the following week. That's not a whole lot of practices for Josh Jacobs to uh, to get acclimated and reacclimated and get the legs under him and the timing and all that. So, I think even at this point, Q, even if he is in the building, um, is, is that a guy that you're going to give the ball 20 times to, 22 times to? Is he ready for that? I don't know if he is or would right. be. No, I don't, I don't think so. I said that just the other day. I don't think he's a guy you give the ball to 25 times at this point, even if he is there for week one. So, with that being said, uh, what have you seen from Zamir White? He's had, uh, you know, a nice handful of carries so far this preseason. What do you think? How many? How much of the load can he carry at this point? Yeah, I, I think that I think he's ready to take a, uh, you know, 18 carries, 20 carries 
And the thing with, with Zamir that I'm curious about is we've never seen Zamir get fed, right? He's come in for a play here. He had 17 carries all last year, so that tells right. you right there. Uh, he, he could get 17 carries on Sunday, September 10th, against the Denver Broncos. So I, what I want to see is, and every running back sort of lives in this world, the more you get carries you get in the course of a game, the better you start to feel, the better you start to see things, more of a rhythm that, that you're getting into. We haven't seen Zamir White um, you know, operate in that world yet with the Raiders. We saw him do it in college. But I'm curious to see how much better can he get if he's getting fed during the course of the game. Um, and I think that that's, we're probably going to have to see that you know, when, when, the, when the Raiders play the Broncos, even if Josh Jacobs is on board. Is there anyone that, in particular that you really think needs to get some good work in on Saturday against the Cowboys, maybe to solidify their spot, similar to what I felt Amik Robertson did last year against the Patriots in week four? Yeah, I think uh, Amik is in that category. I still kind of think Malcolm Coots might be in that category. Okay. Um, you know, uh, because at some point Tyree is going to come knocking on that door. You know, that's his role. The, the role that, that, that Malcolm is playing right now, uh, kind of in relief of, of, uh, of Chandler and, and in relief at times of Max Crosby is the role that, that uh, Tyree is going to play. Um, so he's played pretty well up until now. I haven't been blown away by any stretch of the imagination with Malcolm. So uh, if he even makes the trip, if he doesn't make the trip, that's a pretty good sign for him. You know, if he's not in the game at all, that's a pretty good sign for him. But if he is playing in that game, it probably tells you that, that he still has some eyes to open up or some people to convince uh, that he should be part of this uh, or, or continue to be part of this journey moving forward. You know, it's funny, Vinny. I didn't see anything from Malcolm early in training camp. And then that one Sunday, remember that Sunday? I think your family was there in attendance as well when Max didn't participate. Yeah. And remember it was like that correction day? It seems like that was the day where it clicked for Malcolm, and all of a sudden he started getting noticed in a major way. Is that for you when you started noticing Malcolm as well? I absolutely did. And then you started hearing some of the some of his teammates talking about him. And usually, you know, and, and – and when, when guys start throwing out names without even being asked about those names, you know, it perks your eyes up a, a little bit. So, yes, uh, I, I, I definitely did. So, um, and it's been better. It's been better since mm-hmm. then. Trayvon Merrick was a little bit like that. Early on in training camp, I was like, where's yep. Trayvon? You know, and then all of a sudden he started to show up as well. So, you never know where, that, where, where things can turn on a dime for somebody or the light to just kind of go on because uh, Malcolm does have talent. There's no question. He's a third-round pick, and he showed in college – you know, that, that he had an ability to get to the quarterback. He just needs to kind of harness it and, and improve in the ways that they want him to improve and be consistent and understand what he's supposed to be doing out there. That's a pretty big part of the battle. So uh, he just has been playing like a more confident player. We'll see if that uh, continues to be the case. Yeah, I mean, he even did it his rookie year, right? He was able to get three sacks on a limited amount of snaps, so you know that he can do it. He just didn't do anything last year, and then I didn't see it early in training camp, and then all of a sudden it started to come on, not only in camp, but also in the two preseason games. Uh, Final question for you. Uh, I threw the question out there about rookies and production and who do you think is going to have the most production, and a couple people responded with Tyree Wilson. How do you think that they use him? They've been bringing him along slowly. How do you think Tyree Wilson is thrown into the mix this season for the Silver and Black? Yeah, I think it's going to be a uh, process. You know, um, I mean, I could I could even see him maybe not even dressing out uh, on on uh, you know against the Broncos. The only reason I say that is because um, he's got to do it on the practice. You, you can't just throw guys out there. This isn't right. how this isn't how that works. Uh, and and he's had very limited teamwork. Um, you know, uh, especially in pads uh, on the practice field. So it'll be interesting. And we're not going to see any more practices. So we're not going to see to what level he's practicing. 
um, you know, uh, after after today. So um, it's going to depend on how much he's able to do in practice in, in terms of what, you know, can they, can they ask him to do things that he might be doing in a game in practice? If he's ready to do that, then maybe there will be, you know, 10 snaps maybe for him against the Denver Broncos. I'm just throwing out numbers I don't know. Maybe right. there will be zero snaps at that point. But I think as the season goes on, and the more he's able to uh, to get his feet under him, an understanding of what his role is, and and you know how this how it all works at this level, uh, I think it's going to uh, expand provided he stays healthy, and that's the most important part. But I would not expect him, them to just you know throw him out there into the fire and get thirty snaps out of him uh, week one. I, I just don't see it at this point. No, I don't either. I don't either. I think it's going to be a slow process with them. That's what they've done so far, and I don't know why they would change that uh, now. Great stuff as always, my man. What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, I'm uh, just writing the, uh, the, the the update, non-update uh, on Josh Jacobs, and kind of taking a look at you know some of the scenarios uh, that that might uh, that, that that might present itself. Um, you know, as these days start dwindling before that season opener, and 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 you know what the Raiders might be doing and what Josh Jacobs might be doing, uh, because they got to come up with a plan pretty quick, and it might not include Josh Jacobs for that season opener. Well, there you go. Well, Vinny, great stuff. Like I said, I appreciate you, my man. I'm sure there was a lot of good nuggets. I'll be listening to Dave Ziegler and Champ Kelly a little bit later on this uh, this evening since I wasn't there to be in attendance. But I appreciate you giving us a little bit of feedback and letting us know what we missed. Uh, so thanks so much, my man. All right. Have fun at the Circa, man. Have fun at the Circa. Yeah. You know I will. <laughs> there he goes. Vinny Bossignor from the RJ and, of course, Radio Nation Radio 920. Uh, you can catch him out every morning on the morning tailgate with Clay and Lindsay. And they were in this very seat that I'm sitting in, not all of them in the same seat, but they were in the same room that I'm in right now earlier this morning, uh, the Galaxy 3 here at the Circle. So many thanks to Vinny. Check him out uh, at Vinny Bossignor on Twitter. And right now, again, here at the Circle, the Circle Survivor, Circle Millions competition is going on. they got Circus Football Contest Weekend. Uh, we're here on Radio Row, this 30-plus radio podcast, video casters all here. They've got an open bar and a meet and greet at Bar Canada tonight going on. Uh, that's going to be fun. Open bar and party at Stadium Swim in the morning. Yeah, think about that in the morning. Just get up in the morning. Just come on down to the circuit and get into the Stadium Swim. Uh, have that open bar. Have the party. There is so much going on. It's going to be a lot of fun. Circuit football preview. It's going to be hosted by Mike Palm on Saturday. Again, all weekend long there's nothing but activities going on, and that's why we're here right now. 2.46 is the time. We'll come back, get to many more of your texts and a couple more calls. Close out our number one. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. We are excited about, you know, what these guys have done over the last few months. But also, you know, no different than we are excited about the veteran guys that are here as well. We've worked on building a roster where there's competition at every position, at every level. And I think we're seeing that kind of come to fruition now. Um, So this is exciting, you know, for the time being. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. Assistant GM Champ Kelly right there talking about the rookies and them developing and coming along and being an asset to the team, and that's what this team is expecting. They have veterans put in place, but they also are expecting a lot of the young guys that they've brought in, a lot of the guys that have been drafted the last couple years, undrafted free agents the last couple years to go and be big-time players for this team. And, of course, they're going to go along slowly. They know they're not going to just go out the gates and all of a sudden be – superstars but they're hoping that these guys can develop into some really good players so that was champ kelly from just a little while ago we will hear from dave ziggler and champ kelly throughout the course of the show all the people behind the scenes jared ari everyone's been doing a fantastic job to make sure that we had the sound available and i'll tell you you want to talk about some quick turnaround 
that's some really quick turnarounds. So I, I think hats off to those guys. And I know Ari's got a, a little bit of expertise on that. Ari, how was that quick turnaround that you guys were working on trying to get everything done so we could have it available? I'm going to just say it's all Jared, by the way. I'm, I'm going to take okay. a teeny bit of credit. I just grabbed the you sound quick. Taken. And, I would have hey, taken, taken credit. Hey, you know what? I'll give it to him. He, he did a quick turnaround. He worked it out. So And I just grabbed that, hit the rejoin, so we're good. Yeah, we'll have some of that sound coming up in the next hour. Yeah, I know it is, but we'll have that coming up in the next hour. Uh, again, I threw the question out there. What rookie do you believe will give the Raiders the most production this season? And do you believe the success or failures of the D-line in particular can be the key to the Raiders' season? And if not the D-line, then who? And, of course, that came from uh, Vic Tafer. He put out the piece on the athletic. Defensive line could be the key to Raiders' season. An inside look at how they practice and we got a ton of feedback and i definitely appreciate that it's funny i was talking about a kick returner or a punt returner that was dangerous that was that guy that could take it to the house at any given moment and i let it be known how long ago it was since the raiders had one of those guys got a text here from a uh, raider yeshua <laughs> johnny lee higgins was the last returner johnny lee higgins you remember how long ago that was think bennett gets the most production this year okay there he goes from the 915 uh, 619, hey Q, when Phillip Buchanan lined up for a punt return, you knew that they could that, that play could turn into six. Same thing with Jacoby Ford on kickoffs. I would love to feel that way this season. Go Raiders. That's from Raider O from San Diego. Phillip Buchanan, remember how old that was? That was the reason why I wore number 31, and because I was 31 when I played football. But Phillip Buchanan, and he was really good until he wasn't. I remember the game that Phillip, changed Phillip Buchanan's career. He uh, had, I don't know the team that they were playing, but he had an interception along the sideline, and it wasn't an interception. He ended up being out of bounds. It was that still you could push him out of, out of bounds rule, and uh, he, he fell. What's up, my man? He, uh, he landed on his wrist, and it broke, and he was never the same player again. Never the same player again, and it wasn't even – it's like if you're going to get injured, at least get the interception. Not his fault. He got pushed out of bounds, but that's, that's the worst. To get injured where you can't play the rest of the season, and you didn't, the interception wasn't even, didn't even count. So and then Jacoby Ford on kickoffs again. That's that's right to my point. Philip Buchanan was years ago. Jacoby Ford was years ago. So that's why the Raiders are so desperate to have a guy. If that could be Trey Tucker, if that could be DeAndre Carter, if that could be other, right? Somebody's got to be that person. I talked all last year about uh, Amir Abdullah and kept saying that I thought he was going to break one on the kickoff. And there was a few times where it looked like he was on his way. And then he just either didn't hit that block on time or just got tripped up. But it felt like he was really close to breaking one. That's how long it's been. I'm almost like begging for one now. Just one. Just let me see one. Then, then maybe it could be habit forming like the interceptions have been, right? You get one, all of a sudden they like that, and it becomes habit forming. Got this text from the 707. I think it's going to be Michael Mayer. I believe he's going to start day one and be Jimmy G's safety blanket, especially in the red zone. I like that answer a lot. A lot of people have been talking about the defensive side of things. I like that one right there. I do think Michael Mayer is going to do some really good things for the Raiders, and I don't know how many you know, yards or, or catches he actually has this, this season, his rookie year, but I think that he's going to be very valuable in the red zone. I really think he's going to be valuable in the red zone, and that is most important. We've talked about that till we're blue in the face, and believe me, it takes a lot to get me blue in the face. But to make, you know, to, for that to happen, they have to – be more successful in the red zone. And Michael Mayer, I think, is going to be a huge uh, part of that element. Just like you said, again, don't know who it came from, but it's from the 707. Yeah, Michael Mayer can be that guy. That's that's definitely a guy to pay attention to. Uh, let's see. we got one more. Sir Whiskey Rand that will take a break. 
uh, Q&R. What's happening, gentlemen, on this hot Thursday afternoon? I'll get straight to my take here on one rookie that will be highly productive is defensive back Jacorian Bennett. I think this kid will get a lots of playing time and will have a handful of picks. My gut is telling me this kid will have an immediate impact. Thanks, Q, as always. Looking forward to today's show. That's Sir Whiskey Ray. And, yeah, I'll say this, man. He's going to get a lot of targets. There's, no, there's not going to be one quarterback in the league, not one swing and D that's going to be scared to throw the ball his way. He's going to have to earn that, right? And, and there's nothing wrong with that. You've got to earn it. But they're going to target him early and, and see what he's got. And, you know, that's, that normally was a position that was really tough to, to translate from college to the NFL. But I feel like since college game is such a passing league now, a lot of these defensive backs come in and they're a lot better. I mean, obviously, Sauce Gardner was a defensive rookie of the year last year, but Tariq Woolen did some really good things in Seattle last year, right? And he was a fifth-round pick. So um, th- these guys, they're used to this this passing leaks and, and looking for the ball and going and getting production. Ja'Cory Bennett has a lot of production. 256 at the time. We'll take a break. We're here at the Circa. Haley Sutton, host and reporter for the Cowboys, is up next. She'll give us a little bit of preview of what Saturday could potentially look like as we kick off hour number two of the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.